You want to make sure you survive, but you want to be positioned as a leader in your segment where you can gobble up your competitor's business because they didn't do what you did. Slow down now so you can accelerate later. Do you feel you're wasting money you could be keeping in your pocket? Well, many private label Amazon sellers don't even know where they're wasting money, let alone how to stop it. And if that's you, we can help. Our new online assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a powerful and quick diagnosis, go to amazonprofitquiz.com. That's amazonprofitquiz.com to get your instant free analysis straight away. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 384. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers and business owners. And today we're talking to Ken Burke, who has a fantastic breadth of knowledge and abilities in all sorts of industries, including e-commerce. I did a sold a, a company that did a mere $2 billion a year in the e-commerce space recently and is also a huge Silicon Valley background, just I could go on forever. Incredible guy. And we're going to talk about how to survive the recession. So Ken, welcome back to the show, first of all. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. I'm glad to be here. Excited to talk with you. Yeah, my, my brain's slightly blown, but also excited by the stuff we talked about with how do you make decisions? And it's a very rigorous thing. And that's something that's emerging is that sort of rigorous underpinnings and thought through strategies and stuff. But let's talk a little bit more about the sort of how to not be chicken little here. So we obviously keep hearing words like downturn, recession from our leaders and uh, central bankers in the UK or the US. And obviously everyone's concerned and we need to prepare in some form. So how do you even begin to advise an e-commerce seller in this kind of environment? Where do we even start? Yeah. Trying to predict the future is a really difficult thing. And there are a lot of people out there trying to do it. What's going to happen in the UK? What's going to happen in the US? Where is the bottom? And when do we start crawling out of the bottom? How much is it going to impact my business overall? And those are all the things and all the considerations, but you can't really time it. Here's the deal. The deal is cash is king. And if you have enough cash, and I lived through two major recessions. I lived through 2001 because I'm old. And that was the crash of the dot. We call it the dot bomb, where the NASDAQ blew up. A lot of your listeners don't even remember this. Might not have even been around in 2001, who knows? Or they would have kids. And that was a disaster. All of these dot coms, all of them, which all of your listeners are in the business of right now, imploded and were worth billions of dollars. And then the next day they were worth nothing. And there was no way to get out of them. Okay. So that's a ca- catastrophic event. Next catastrophic event was in 2008, where here in the US, the housing crisis occurred. And that rippled, of course, throughout the entire world, as does, and usually as does things. We are one economy, by the way. While the US might bounce back from this recession a little bit faster than the UK, I think the UK is a little behind us in terms of the curve. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It just seems like you guys are going to go through a little bit harder, a harder hit than we're going to go through here from everything that's indicated. 
But the point is that in 2008, everything was cut. Give you an example. I was actually a Sequoia-backed company, and some of your invest, uh, some of your listeners know Sequoia is the largest and most successful venture firm in the history of the world. Uh, they invested in Google, Yahoo, Instagram, not Instagram, sorry, uh, uh, YouTube, Apple, everybody. Everybody that's been successful, they've invested in. And they invested in myself as well in the company. And in 2008, they basically said, your funding's over, it's dried up, you're not getting another dime. Cut, cut now, cut deep, uh, because you're not going to see any money for a couple of years. So I'm not suggesting to your listeners that they do that. What I'm suggesting is you have to prepare for the recession. And if you need to slow down your growth a little bit in order to survive for the long term, my recommendation is you do it. And I would also recommend that you cut earlier than you think you're going to need to. Here's why. Entrepreneurs are invariably very optimistic. And so you think they're going to ride through this unscathed. What you want to do is you want to make sure that you have enough cash in the bank and the cash projections for the next, I would say, three to six months minimum to pay payroll and keep the business, keep the lights on and business going. You're like, and that's crazy. We have enough cash for a month. If you have enough cash for a month and you're going into a recession, holy crap, you better, you better start cutting. You better start cutting now. You probably, it's probably already too late. You better start downsizing your business. There are more businesses that go out of business because they grow too fast than they grow too slow. Right. So when we talk about that, is that cash is king, cash is everything. And so we have to really watch that. Now, if you've got six months of runway, I don't know that I would cut back as much. I might take advantage of the market where other people are dropping out and I take over from there. Give you an example. After the 2001, 2002 fiasco, we emerged as an e commerce player as one of the leaders in the industry. Before that, there were hundreds of e commerce players, they all went out of business. We didn't go out of business for luck. I don't know why. It wasn't brilliance, but it was just luck. We didn't go out of business as a software company. And all of a sudden, when we, everything started to come back, guess who was positioned in the number one spot? We were. Us and one other company, because we didn't take on a lot of what we call dot bonds, where a lot of our competitors did. So they were all gone. And it was just us and a handful of companies left to take over the market. 2003, four, five, and six, our best years ever. We grew. I want you now to apply that to 2022. I need you to survive through this process, absolutely, and then thrive after the recession is over. You want to be looking at, not today, you want to be looking at, well, you want to look at today, you want to make sure you survive, but you want to be positioned as a leader in your segment where you can double up your competitor's business because they didn't do what you did. Slow down now so you can accelerate later. That would be my advice overall. I know it sounds like this is anti-entrepreneurial. But I got to tell you, it always works. Just be one of those people where you're running out of cash and you have to, you're constricted when, right when it's time to grow, you're constricted. When is it the best time to buy real estate? Everybody knows this. Right after the downturn, when the market is bottomed out, when do you buy real estate? Right then, at that point. The reason is, is nobody else has the cash in order to do it. So the more cash you have on the sideline, this is true for stocks as well. The more cash you have on the sideline, as soon as that market starts to go bottoms out, you start throwing money in the stock market. You start throwing money into real estate. You start throwing money into your businesses. That the business principles are all the same, but we all forget. Oh man, amen to all of this. I mean, I, if I were just chap, I'd be standing at the corner singing hallelujah all day to this because I love this. So into we had a discussion that was and it came up. One person in the mastermind the other day mentioned that they were concerned about the downturn, but they had it emerged. 10 months worth of cash to one side to which i said that's fantastic and then one other person who's got a similar size business but actually bigger overheads said oh 
really? Oh, we just survived months and months. And I thought, and yeah. does that, if you just replay that sentence, you, that little phrase you just said out loud and replay it and think about it, does that sound like a strategy for going into a known downturn? And by the way, I, to your point, I don't think the UK is going to have a downturn. I think it's going to have a straight up recession. It's going to be either because the pound is dropping like a stone against the dollar and we import everything we need, including food and oil, which is dollar denominated. So that's bad news. Yep. Or we import it from Europe and we decided to cut our nose off to spite our face for some bizarre political reasons, which is whatever politically you may or may not disagree with it, but economically it's unarguable that that's just not going to help inflation. And then, of course, we are in Europe where the gas price is going through the roof and will go through the roof even more for various reasons like duh, geopolitics and duh, it's winter and it gets cold in Europe. So I think there's nothing that says to me anything other than Europe, in UK particularly, is going to have a swinging recession. So I just want to put that out there. It's It's my personal view. It's going to hurt more than the US, I think, because the US has a lot of built-in strengths that the UK doesn't. You're self-sufficient in gas, which is huge right now. You're self-sufficient in oil. You have a lot of farmland, which when the fertilizer of the world stops flowing from Ukraine and and Russia, the wheat stops flowing, etc. But... So I think being ready, as you say, we can't predict the future, but I think that the writing of the wall is pretty major, put it that way. You could absolutely get signs of what you're talking about. And I do share your opinion that it, here in the US, we're actually going to probably start to say accelerate the bottom, if you will. January, February timeframe, as we come into the new year, we're going to start to see that. We may have a technical recession, uh, possibly. I'm not an economist in, in, in the, either Q1 or Q4, but we're going to, but business is always ahead of that. You're going to start to see the acceleration so that come summertime, I think we're going to be thriving again. And I actually don't think we're going to bottom out that. At heart, I think the UK is gonna is unfortunately in for a bit of a mess. But how can you play that to your advantage? How yeah. can you play in the US market where most likely, and a lot of people are saying, goodness knows anything can happen. But right now, we're pretty strong. We're pretty strong, even if the feds are raising interest rates right now as we speak, and literally probably this week and such. But how do you play within the US market when you start diversifying out? It's the players that have gone to Amazon US. And actually have started to build that business as well. And I know that might be a little less likely, or there might be some resistance for some of your UK Amazon folks. I don't know what the Amazon business is like in the UK, so I don't want to speak to that. But how is your diversification strategy? How have you embraced that overall? Yeah, I would just say to that, that I have a little bit of a take on that, obviously, for my position in the UK with a lot of UK based sellers, many of whom sell in the US, some of whom Good. just sell in UK Europe, and some of them are sabling in the US. I would just say to anyone who's listening, and I will bang this drum hard and long because I think there's solid geopolitics and economics behind it. If you're not in the US yet, I can understand why, because it's big and hyper competitive compared to the UK and let alone smaller European markets, and it requires more capital. But guess what? I I think it's the only place that I would back North America as a part of the world that hasn't got massive sort of Damocles hanging over it. You can get into this, and if you really want to get into it, Peter Zion is your man, Z-E-I-H-A-N or Z-E-I-H-A-N. But I would say there's so many reasons why the economies of the rest of the world will falter and die if you're not careful. And if I'm wrong, then I've got it right. Wrong. But as you say, you can't predict the future, but you can weigh up the risk factors, right? So I would say if you can get into the US and get accustomed to the level of competition, hone your craft there and get the capital necessary to go there, then it could be a difference between having a business and having no business, in my opinion. Here's where strategy comes into play in that if you had done that two or three years ago and you looked at a diversification strategy, in your Amazon business. And I know hindsight's 2020 because the people that are looking at it now and saying dabbled or I've avoided it to date are wishing they had gotten into a year or two years ago, just like any other major trend. 
just like any other thing, that's where cryptocurrency or what have you, which I think is ridiculous, but that's another podcast as well. So, you know, it's things such as that where when what timing is everything. So shoulda, woulda, coulda. Here's what I recommend though. If you're going to fight the recession is A, we've talked about this before, but you need a financial forecast. You got to have that. You got to have cash flow projections that go out at least a year, number two. And you have to have a strategy in place that actually addresses specifically the recession. And you have to, three, I'm going to say you have to emotionally disconnect from your business to a certain degree to understand that there are going to be slow periods of time where, or negative growth as is a term that people use. I agree, a little ridiculous, but negative growth. And you're going to have times when you have absolute positive growth. What you want to do is you want to make sure that you're positioned for when that positive growth happens, you can take advantage of it and take advantage of it better and more than your competition. But you're going to have the roller coaster of business. It happens all the time. It's surviving of the process. Let me tell you, I ran a business for 21 years, Market Live, which was a leading e-commerce platform. And like you said, we did $2 billion a year on behalf of our customers through our platform. It was a major platform. We had hundreds and hundreds of major retailers doing millions and millions of dollars a year on our platform. And with that, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> with that, we had our ups and downs because retail has its ups and downs. There, there always is a recession or slower growth. And then our business would contract accordingly. And our customers, some of them would go out of business during these periods of time because they weren't prepared. So we would lose that revenue as well. Then there were other times where there was just rapid growth. It's not, so you've got to be there. You've got to, you've got to plan your strategy accordingly and be okay with the mindset that, you know what? I don't have to grow every year. I know you want to, but I don't have to grow every year. What I need to do is survive and grow and prosper as those times present itself. Because if you're running a business for the long term, that's the reality of how it works. I love this. And I think it's an important cre corrective to things. I think in e-commerce marketing particularly lead to an obsession with growing every single year. One is, one is partly, if I may say so, an American mentality, which comes from the American reality, which is unique to any nation. And trying to copy Americans, if you're not American, is a dumb thing. Um, America has come out of every single decade of its existence as an independent nation, as I understand it, with a bigger economy than every decade before. There is no other country in the world like that. If you don't believe me, go and Google and nerd away on the internet. That is not a thing for anybody else. So the idea of permanent growth is built, built into the American psyche, I think. And if you're not in America, that's a dangerous way to operate because it doesn't correspond to reality. And the second thing is simply that e-commerce is so new that pretty much nobody's really experienced a recession because Amazon didn't really open up the third-party marketplace until the end of the tail end of the great recession if you like around 2010 so i think right. certainly if you sell on amazon but most of e-commerce's existence when it's been a more mass thing you've been in it for long enough to see those things and I, i'm from the sidelines i remember the 2001 and 2008 was not pretty if you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode just go to amazingfba.com forward slash Three, eight, four. The cycles but, exist. Here's the thing that I think is really important for your listeners to understand is that over the last, I would say, five or six years, we have had this euphoric growth. This un even over the last 10 years, I would say, we've been on this upward cycle. Most of your listeners' businesses have started within the last five years, my guess is, right? They've taken advantage of this growth and now they've built up to a certain level. They've never seen a downturn. Guys, I'm here to tell you, I've seen a downturn. I've seen three downturns. And very bad, probably worse than anything we're going to experience here, I hope, I, is in the past and not in the future, that we'd see less worse things. But you've been on this ride where capital has been available to you, rates have been at zero or 1%. I don't know in the UK, maybe 2%, but here 
Very money similar. was basically free or virtually free. So you could fund as much inventory as you needed. That's great. Money's free. I can take it. It's not anymore. I think the feds again this week are increasing the interest rates, maybe up to a point. I don't even know what they are now. I'm losing track. They're raising it so fast. And so you can't get money fast. That's part of the constriction. And guess who hurts the most from this? Small businesses. This is the ones that get damaged. It's not the big corporations. Big corporations are fine. They have plenty of resources. They've been building up their resources and their war chests for 20, 30 years, 10 years. You've been built, you've been surviving for five years, six years, seven years, two years. This can slam right in the face of your business and you may not survive. So take action as opposed to sitting on your hands and thinking it's just going to blow over. It may not just blow over. I can't emphasize that enough. And you've never, you may have never seen this before. Michael, you have seen it, but your listeners in business with this business probably have never seen what they're about ready to see. And so learn. <laughs> Absolutely. Just to be clear as well, now, I've not seen it as a business owner. I, back in 2001, I was a kind of young musician trying to make this way in the world. And so the dot-com bubble bursting didn't affect me personally. It was just headline right. news. So I was very interested. And then 2008, I actually bought a house in 2007 as an oh. investment. So that was really bad timing. So I was a little bit involved in the property market yeah. or the real estate market in the UK and it was bad times, but yeah, not really as an entrepreneur. So you, you've been there in a way that I haven't. And I'm like many of my listeners, I've been in the e-commerce space since 2014. So I've just not been in it in anything but a growth phase of the industry as a whole. Individual sectors of it have suffered. Of course, COVID was very polarizing because I think COVID was a useful kind of mini test because some people tripled their business in a year and they didn't exactly. become geniuses overnight. It was just an extreme thing. And other people were created by 90%. Uh, so that was a bit of a weird one. This is more of a typical kind of recession, I think. And also during, thing. obviously during COVID, e-commerce boomed. So your listener, they should have done really well and should yeah. have grown during that time. So I think, it, I think it's very important. I just want to give one piece of advice that I was taught by my BCEs, Sequoia Capital and others, which your listeners may know, is cut once if you can, cut deeper than you want to cut. Because what you don't want to do if you have employees is you don't, ideally, you don't want to send the signal that you're going to be cutting again and again and again. We're going to cut three people here this month and the next month we cut two and next month we cut five. Okay. It's better just to cut 10 at once. I know it hurts. It's going to be painful. But then it reassures the rest of the employee base and the psyche that they are at least safe for the time being. Nobody's ultimately safe, but they're safe for the time being. And then I want to make sure you communicate a lot during the process as well. And give me one other example from real life back in 2000 and was it 2001? We did this. I think we did it in 2002 or 2003. Instead of actually cutting people, we reduced salaries. We reduced salaries by 15%. We were able to pay back those salaries during the better times. So we actually kept track of the reduction. So if you're saying to yourself, I need to, so we actually did a layoff. It was just 11 people in our company of 110 at the time. This goes way back to 2002 or 2002, I think it was. And we did a 15% salary reduction. So we did a combination of both. But if you're, but I want you to make sure that you do the salary reduction. If you do one early enough to where it can have meaning, it doesn't have meaning the day you're running out of cash. What it does have meaning for is two or three months or four months when you make those cuts, that multiplier effect will actually really carry you forward. It's just it's an economic fact. So I do recommend sometimes if you do have employees that you cut salaries and save their jobs and keep them going through. So just a recommendation of how to get through this recession if you need to. Yeah, that's... Um... 
it's di- difficult, hard one advice that I, I think, again, I've seen that with some of the smarter clients I've got that one or two have cut from to say 25 staff down to their mid teens. And that must have been a difficult time, but they did it fairly quickly because I remember it happened between a couple of, we had maybe a couple of months in between them coming to mastermind sessions and they came relate that and they actually looked quite relieved not because they like laying off people nobody does but because they knew that their business was in a healthier financial position so that there is relief on the other side of the pain that i suppose we've got to sell ourselves on this and i think that's important to remember because it was very visible they, they looked more relaxed than i'd seen them before for quite a long time it's a it's a it was the hardest thing that i ever had to do in business no question uh but it allowed my company, which at the time was not a funded company, we were self-funded, it allowed it to survive and then ultimately prosper and thrive as well. So let's summarize with some sort of, how can we put this, sugar the pill a little bit. And there's going to be some tough times coming and that implies taking tough decisions now. But tell us a little bit more about, about the upside of that. Just try and, we've got to sell ourselves on the as actions, haven't we? If we're actually well, going to do them. Yeah. No, first thing is what you're going to learn from this experience is going to carry you through your entire career. That may not sound like a really good benefit now, but I got to tell you, this is how business works. Every business is cyclical. Every economic cycle is cyclical. There's usually a 10-year cycle, right? Eight to 10 years. And we're seeing it. We're experiencing it. It took a little longer. It was about a 12-year or even a 13 or 14-year cycle from the last time. So that's what's been unusual about this. I think maybe COVID had something to do with that as well, kind of threw a wrench in things as many as it did in many things. So I think that's certainly one of the things. The other thing is that I want you to look at the future of how you'll emerge from this. Survival is definitely the key. You have to survive every day, every week, every month. Uh, If you're riding really thin right now, you need to figure out how to finance your business to get through this. Better to finance it before the recession, which, you know, it's a little bit difficult than when you're in the recession. So we're not quite in the recession yet, but everybody knows it's coming or at least will be worse than it is today. So it may be hard, maybe too late to be able to finance it, but you might want to take on a little bit more debt in order to get through it. Because once you get through it, there is a rainbow at the other side if you get through it. I have experienced a rainbow before, for lack of a better term, and it can be very good because literally competitors will leave uh, the market. They have to, it will, they will leave, and you will be able to take up their slack, so to speak. So your rankings all of a sudden on Amazon will go up because there's less competition. Your PPCs will go down or your ROAS hopefully goes up and you're in better shape, but that's at the end of it. You got to get to the end of it. The last thing I would say, I've already given this advice, which is you've got to really watch your cash every day, every week, every month. And as entrepreneurs, we really don't like to do this. We don't like to look at our bank account every day. It's not something we like to run our business every day. We don't like to look at our bank account. So unless it's growing, then we like to look at it. But when it's going down, we don't like to look at it. You need to look at it. You need to be financially brave in going through this process. That wasn't the sugar coating, but the other parts were. Well, I guess that ties back into you're going to learn a lot from this. And I would just say from what you're saying, you're going to grow from it. So a lot of the biggest growth isn't intellectual learning, is it? It's kind of developing emotional strength to to deal with oh, harsh yes, realities. So- and I'm not saying I'm a genius at that. I'm not at all. I would say what you're saying is financial bravery is perhaps the, the biggest kind of emotional thing that seems to be coming out of this for me. Look, we could talk forever on this stuff, but we better let you get back to going and advising great companies out there. And obviously you got just crazy amounts of fantastic deep level experience. The fact that you've got two recessions, you've survived and thrived afterwards is just 
not common out there and, and for that reason, very valuable. What's the best place people can go to find you and get help from you if they want to explore? Sure. Yeah, we have a lot of free resources on our website, entrepreneurnow.com, entrepreneurnow.com. And also I'm at kenburke.com. That's my website for my book and for other things. Yeah, feel free to reach out. Great. So kenburke.com and that's the, the sort of your home on the web by the sound of it. Entrepreneurnow.com is also the place where I've seen quite a few articles that relate to this kind of stuff. So that's a really good resource. And then again, since we mentioned it before, I'm just going to mention again that the decision matrix, which is maybe less of a thing in this podcast, but you talked in the last podcast about how you make decisions, but certainly the financial modeling that i think is probably more important than ever right to get that right so i know you've got a model yes. that is what 99 bucks or something which frankly for the level of expertise you bring it's cheap as chips and that if you go to amazingfba.com forward slash forecast f-o-r-e-c-a-s-t if you're listening then you can get that or at least check out ken's financial forecasting model which i I just cannot say strongly enough how important that has been for the businesses I've worked with that have really succeeded. That's just a non, what's the word, senior non, whatever the Latin is, you, you can't do without it. But there you go. Can't yeah, absolutely. Get a Latin. You can't yeah. run a business without it. Otherwise you're guessing or keeping it in your head. And yeah. literally you will grow to a point where you can't keep every number and everything in your head. Also, you can't forecast effectively uh, without some tool because your forecast is changing every month. And you need to be able to adjust your business. So I want to be able to change my marketing spend and all of a sudden see what the impact on cash flow is nine months down the road. You can do that with a financial model that you build, which is actually already built for you. That's what I've done. I've built the model for you. All you have to do is plug in the numbers. And that's what makes it best. I love it. Again, if a recession looming forces us to be better business people, that's a good thing. And they say bad habits breeding good times. Therefore, we've had a lot of good times and a lot of us have got bad habits. Me definitely included. I'm the more I talk to entrepreneurs and work with entrepreneurs and talk to guests like yourself, the more humbled I am really. And all we can do is learn and get better. But there's a great incentive to get better right now. And I think that's a really positive thing in many ways, as long as we get our skates on. So if you're listening, folks, please go and check out what Ken's got to offer. It's deep stuff. And this is a time to dig deep, I would say. And Ken, fantastic content. Really love the depths of wisdom and the hard-won wisdom at that. Anything that I should have asked you or that I haven't asked you that I should have? You asked a lot of really great questions. So I think we're good. Just go out there and just be strategic at what you do because that's how businesses are won. That's how businesses grow to seven, eight, 10 figures at exit. And that's what's really going to create the forecast, the, the ability for you to realize your dreams with your business and touch more people as well. Because every business touches a lot of people. And the more that you can do that, have a positive impact on the world, the better it is. So make sure you survive, make sure you prosper and make sure you grow. Great. Fantastic. More American optimism to end things there. Oh. I love it. Thanks <laughs> yes, very it much. Ken I Berg. almost forgot I was in the UK here for a moment. It's all good. You guys no. have a lot. I, I absolutely adore and love the UK. I actually lived in London for six months and, and it was one of the best experiences of my life. And I can't wait to go back. So you have a wonderful, amazing entrepreneurial country. Yes, there's certainly a ton of entrepreneurs there, but we do need some input from Americans from time to give us a bit more vision. <laughs> so that's what we got today in space. So Ken Burke, many thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Michael. If you want to get access to the show notes that we have for this episode, I've done really detailed notes for this. Go to amazingfba.com forward slash Ken B, K-E-N-B for book, and you'll find lots of detail there. And don't forget, of course, to subscribe to the show if you want to keep getting this quality sort of information for you as an e-commerce entrepreneur. And specifically, if you're an Amazon seller, this is the place for you. If you would like resources 
and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 384. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.